All right. Well, welcome to another episode of the Joseph Cortez Show. Uh, Jen V has the night off. With this whole COVID thing, she's uh, still stuck at home with the kid. So uh, good for her. So, Stick with me. Yes. Yeah. So we have one of our good friends, my wife and I's good friends, Miss Alexandra Alex Shaw, Mrs. Wormwood, <laughs> as I can say, a professor, singer, actress. Just had to bring all that mom, up, didn't you? All wife. that. Yeah, all the roles, all the stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's a role you can't play. <laughs> oh, well. Trust me. It's out there. I haven't yeah. found it yet, but I'm sure it's out yeah, there. Yeah, so she's she recently was Mrs. Wormwood and Matilda at the Harbor Playhouse. Yes, I guess that's Tanya and Mama October. Mia. Yes, before that. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I, I seem to have been typecasted. Oh, the yes. blonde crazy lady? Yeah, yeah. I'm usually the older crazy midlife person, uh, but... uh. Gosh, there's worse. I suppose you could be typecast as. I've certainly been called worse, so I'm oh. good with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, um, yeah. Who's who's like the famous actors are typecast? It's the, the it's people that always play the jerks. Oh, I was gonna say Maggie Smith, but yeah, she kind of plays a jerk sometimes too. But uh, okay, yep. but the older, who, more upper crust kind of Maggie Smith? for that. Maggie Smith, uh, Downton Abbey, the Dowager yeah. Countess. Oh gosh, uh, <laughs> Hook for Peter Pan. She oh, okay. older Wendy. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, now I took you back to the '90s. Yes. See, we're showing yeah. our age here. Yeah. See, that's where I found you. There's Maggie Smith, and saying the plant. She's still playing the same age. <laughs> we should be so lucky. Thirty years from now, <laughs> to play the same parts. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, man, like Owen Wilson. And Luke, Luke Wilson. Oh, the brothers, yes. Yeah, are both like kind of always play the, the typecast. Owen, very true. Very much the my meet the parents characters. Yes, I think Owen tried to do a serious part one time. I can't remember the name of the movie, but I remember watching him trying to play a serious action star, and it looked like he was trying to just hide a smile the entire time, I'm like you're fooling yeah. no one. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, uh, just you're not Jim Carrey. Just give just it let up. it go. Yeah. Let it go. <laughs> yeah, that's a guy that's got some range and the range at the same time. It's been a hot minute though, hasn't it? Oh uh, yeah, him? I think he's gone off the I deep end. I feel like, yeah. Um, Last time I saw him was on Comedians in Cars getting coffee with Seinfeld. Oh wow, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I think he put it in all children's books, kind of scary. Yeah, he's painting. Is he now? He has this amazing studio in Beverly Hills or Los Angeles or something like that. Okay. And he does these giant wall-sized paintings, very very eclectic. Gonna have to check that out. Yeah. It'd be kind of scary and fascinating. Like a yeah, car Yeah, the wreck. mind of Jim Carrey. <laughs> <laughs> dark place. Yeah, that's a very dark place. Speaking of which, I started, Oakley and I started watching a show called Dark on oh. Netflix. Oh, yeah? And so if you like Stranger Things, you would really love Dark because it's kind of the same feel, but it's mm-hmm. time travel instead of the upside down. Oh, I do like time travel. I'm definitely a Whovian. And it's so I'm complex. A, I'm a Who fan. Yeah, so all right, I'm going to check yeah. that one out. It's in Ger- It's Filmed in Germany. Okay. So it's uh, not subtitled. Anytime there's anything written, it's subtitled, okay. but it's dubbed. Okay. It's dubbed. Okay. And so about, it takes about an episode or two to get used to it, but the plot's so good, you're like, I don't care. I really do struggle having to do subtitles by the time I'm ready to relax at night and just watch yeah. TV. So this one, you don't Which have... Which has more culture. Yeah, so it's true. dubbed, so it's English voices over the Germans. So it's kind of like watching a this weird... You know, like when you watch old Japanese movies where it's like... Yes! Yeah, so... Oh yeah, by the end of the night, a couple of glasses of wine in, I start doing that to Oak, just messing around and start doing that. She is a patient woman. Bless. <laughs> Bless her. It's, it's the wine. That's, that's <laughs> the spouse is dealing with our crazy. Bless them. Yeah, so how has things been with uh, COVID-19? Because you're a professor. Yes, yeah. I, I'm an adjunct professor at Texas A&M Corpus Christi. I teach for the honors program. Uh, I do what they call a seminar class. So our honors students come in, and they have to do all of their amazing advanced classes, but they also have to take uh, so many seminars 
seminar classes that um, help them kind of, you know, get through their program or prepare them for what we call the project of excellence, which is not a thesis or a dissertation, but it is a very meaningful research-based uh, project that sort of is supposed to be reflective of their area of study. Uh, so I teach that class uh, as well as I am a academic advisor for the graduate and doctorate students, uh, well, master's and doctorate students in the College of Education and Human Services. Okay, so yeah. what do you, So what does that entail? Uh, so students, uh, I take them basically from the beginning to the end. So they come in for admissions, uh, they apply to the program, I kind of help them get through that admissions process, obviously working with the program uh, coordinator and the faculty if they should be admitted. And then once they're admitted, if they have any problems with enrolling in classes, um, making substitutions for courses that are maybe not within the catalog, helping them interpret the catalog, making sure they're sticking to their mm -hmm. contract in the catalog and that we are actually giving them what we agreed to so when like they came agent. into the program. And then graduation clearance. So getting there and showing them how to put on that hood and the whole tassel <laughs> bit. That's what it's all about. Wait, so. so yeah, speaking of tassels. Uh, oh, oh my goodness, here <laughs> we go. I was wondering how you're going to segue. That was a nice segue. Yeah, segue to the gypsy. <laughs> oh, okay. Which, yes, yes gypsy, you your gypsy. daughter was in. So, yes. yeah, so my daughter, my nine-year-old was in gypsy. Uh, with Miss Alex here. Yes, she, yeah, she was amazing, say. yes, yeah. as Baby June. Baby June. And I think she was amazing. Uh, but my favorite part was definitely the picture of you and her both with matching wigs. Oh, yes. That, that was yeah. epic. I had to bust out the, uh, my <laughs> June wig. Yeah. We still have the wig. So I'm sure you do. So if you, you've ever seen Gypsy, it's a story about this crazy mom who lives her Stage dreams. Stage mom. Stage mom, yeah. I mean, basically same thing. Yeah, picture dance moms, but like crazier. Yeah, where she she hard. has the kids and she crafts this whole show behind her about her kid. and During and the age of vaudeville. Yes, yes, vaudeville, yeah. So it's the transition from vaudeville to burlesque. And it was yeah. done in the 60s. Vaudeville's on the way out. And it's actually all based on a true story. Of yes. course, Madame Rose was real. And yes. Gypsy Rose Lee Gypsy was Rose very, Lee. very real. And actually alive when this went to Broadway the first time. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and the first movie, I forgot who the actress was in the first movie that played. Oh, this is horrible. You're gonna... um, but oh, then the second one had Bette Midler in it mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. a couple of other people you'd recognize if you saw them. And it's Absolutely. just, a, it's like, oh, wait, you want my daughter to be in a in a burlesque show? Okay. Yes! <laughs> I definitely keep Unity Theater moms, you know, get yeah. pause and have to think and do some research before they bring kids yeah, to these but auditions. They, they basically said, hey, we need a kid that can dance on point, mm -hmm. who's cute, uh, and has a high-pitched squealy voice. I said, well, we have that for days. <laughs> I said, if we can get it out of the house for days, let's do it. She was <laughs> great. No, that was a forced high voice. She did a great job. Oh, she did, yeah. And, and we had to listen to it and practice, her practice every day. And oh, just rounding applause every time, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, she got on a treadmill and started running to sing. That is, I uh, definitely do that when I run. I sing at the same time. It helps with that breath support. She's yeah, smart. That's it's really interesting. The, the singing thing is so outside of our wheelhouse. Our youngest daughter's taking lessons, and mm -hmm. uh, Ayla kind of looked some stuff up. I looked up stuff online. I was like, okay, what's, what are they supposed to be Joss doing? Joss has great pitch. Yeah, she's really talented. Mm -hmm. She does. She needs to... Doing them at the same time work. is just hard. Yeah, she's young, too. So mm -hmm. it was like, okay, head voice, nose voice, chest voice. <sighs> Different. All these different things. And, and yeah, every, that's every part of the maturing process. And the best part, they can look at the poor boys about that age right now, and the, they're going through it worse than they are. Uh, with the, yeah, the vocal change. It's all like Bobby Brady. It's very true. Exactly. <laughs> it's one of my favorite episodes. Right, of passage. <laughs> yeah, and, and some boys just don't get the, the full change, you know, until, yeah. oh, until you're gosh. older. Very true. Yeah, so, so you, that, was a, that was a good show. 
It was an it was an amazing show. It well, got better, better, better. Uh, yeah. By closing night, it was truly sad to see it go. Cause yeah, and it we was just saw phenomenal. The quick changes. Cli- Ugh, some wild. clip of it. Uh, we we watched a clip of everything's turning up roses. Yes. From the late and the lady from Harry Potter that plays the mean teacher. Oh yes, was, uh, yes, yes, yes. She was in the, the new Downton Abbey movie. Yeah, I know oh yeah, about. yeah. Mm-hmm. She's she she plays a good part like that. So maybe she's in that typecast. Of, She'd be amazing in that part. Oh my god! Yeah, she was really good. Like, I bet. Like I was like, okay. I was like, oh yeah, we're, we're. Oh, okay. She's really good. Oh, that was more recent. I did see that clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, one of the interesting things about this whole COVID thing is a lot of the, the like Broadway mm-hmm. is every week or so, every two weeks is putting out a couple of shows you can watch for free on their app. So we yes. downloaded it onto Roku, and we have that, and some of the ballets. So it's really like all the stuff that was kind of. Uh, tightened up has been a little bit more exposed because everyone's having to be like holy cow what do we do how do we maintain interest yeah, yeah absolutely because they're, yeah. they're gonna open up back again eventually and they have to maintain their audience yeah and i imagine at some point they're gonna open up purely with just the actors and it's gonna live stream that's what i'm wondering or if they're gonna do where it's sort of a close you you pay a ticket just to be able to view the show somehow and it, it airs one time but i don't know how you would regulate that or keep it under wraps yeah. but it's got i'm thinking it has to be happening yeah kind of like they do all the live musicals on nbc now yes. uh, uh, so joseph and the technicolor dream coat oh no was oh yes no, was, that was that the show was the one that had to get yeah stopped. yeah just started in Harvard. yeah we were in third weekend yeah mm-hmm. we were, we had tickets and like, of course you did. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to go buy, buy myself a nice jacket instead of... Ah, it, oh, and that cast works so hard. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I heard it was... You just couldn't good. ask for a, a harder working role with it cast than that one. And sh- they sure got uh, tested in the end when yeah. they had to yeah, just let it kind of go. Of but I don't know. We'll see what happens with all of that. I mean, that the whole season is going to be up for change at this yeah, point. Yeah, because what's supposed to be going on right now? Oh, let's see. Uh, it was supposed to be We Will Rock You. Uh, yeah, and they were supposed to have had auditions. And um, you know, our boss? pirate show, of course, had just announced their cast list for the melodrama. They just put out their cast list, and congratulating people. I remember the weekend, all of this kind of went wow, and telling people, Thank, congrats on your role, and then hearing the news later that week. That, oh, man, that must have been terrible. I know, Buck Days. Man, what's Corpus Christi going to do? Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. We're not going to get a turkey like sure. We're prepared for this. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, this this whole thing is just so giant. Nobody, I don't think anybody was prepared for it. I mean, you know, you can... Even our lovely introverts, which you and I probably have a hard time understanding, oh, yeah, <laughs> are, so. are, are like, okay, I'm ready to start um, social distancing on my own terms. I'm done with this. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of, like, my personality style is kind of in the middle, where mm-hmm. I have a certain amount of people feel mm-hmm. for large groups. But then, then you got to have some Yeah, then i got to have charge. some alone time, but... If, if I have like a, a small group of people, like two or three people within the large group, I can like, much better. Yeah, okay, I see, you, yeah. Like smaller circles. Yeah, so, so like I have a lot of like... Three to five rather than... Yeah, a lot of little independent con- little independent conversations within this, like the larger, probably we had that, the whatever awards that was thing I went to with you guys. And so I had maybe like six different individual conversations through the night. Well, I mean, that's part of, what was it, the, the acrostic that is create, like relationships is a, are a big piece oh, yeah. of who you guys are. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, that, is, uh, that is true, yeah. That makes sense that that's your wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah. So, sure. you know, I'd rather be on, I, I could be on stage in front of a thousand people mm-hmm. and more uncomfortable talking. A group of 15 to 20 is tough. Mm-hmm. And that, a group yeah. of two or three is perfect. I can understand that. And Absolutely. sometimes actually the thousand is better because like, <laughs> you know, like you have the control and the authority. 
Yes, very true. <laughs> so one sided conversation. Yeah, yeah. So it's like I get to say what I want. Nobody can tell me what. <laughs> like a podcast. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, exactly. I get to control. Of course, the they could meet you at any point. Yeah, that's true. I suppose yeah. they could walk out of an audience, but who would yeah. want to? Yeah, no. <laughs> at Harper, at least they paid for a ticket. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, you already paid for this. What? Well, you know that used to be kind of an attitude with like some theater and some like even shows where, hey, we already got your ticket. Who cares if you don't like it? That, that changes now because if they don't like it, they tell the world. Oh, 100%. Word of mouth will make or break you, yeah. and especially in towns like this. Yeah. I think any town, but um, you spend all you want on advertising. But word of mouth and reputation, I mean, it's yeah, the same social, as it was a thousand years ago. Social media is a game changer. It's like we, like, uh, so we even did this with the. That's true. The delivery is different. Yeah. The the Easter egg thing we do with you guys. So, oh, yeah. So awesome. So every year we do an Easter egg hunt and. Two years ago was the last time we got to do one normal mm-hmm. because we had, you know, we do it. We find uh, the botanical gardens. We typically have 100 plus kids, several acres. We have different spots for the little kids. Everyone gets to use the gardens, go look at the butterflies and oh, all those different things. And we have the, the Easter egg hunt. And it's a blast. Last year it rained three inches the night before. So <gasps> that's, that's right. That's why we had to do the that's basket pickup. And that was our first year. So we yeah. Well, we were members of the Botanical Garden. We love it. It's beautiful. Oh, and you know great. they're still out there feeding those animals, taking care of everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, a cool, it's a cool place, man. It's really uh, beautiful. I hope yeah. that that gets back there again. We'd like to experience And then this that. year, well, we couldn't Oh, do it. such a great idea, though. So what we did is we reversed the Easter egg hunt and took it to... Yes, to different of, houses. We did about 20 different people. We went and dropped eggs at their front yards. Uh, but we asked... So we were battling of, do we surprise people or... I was like, no, I think we really need to ask permission. Probably in this charged because, climate, you guys probably made the right choice. Yeah, that would have been cool, like, but... Yeah, I think, you know, most people would have been okay with it if we just dropped it and stuff. But what I wouldn't want is the social media backlash of how dare these people come to our house and drop eggs. It seems you have blah, to blah. think that way, but you got to think that yeah. way. And I was like, man, I don't want that. You know, we were trying to do something nice for people. So we, we did about 24... Houses. I was wondering how many you guys got to. And uh, we had four people say no. Oh, okay. That we asked. So, out of so how we many? tried to ask out of 24. Oh, that's so great. We, yeah. yeah, we had, and it was a few that were just like, hey, we were, we're overloaded with eggs already. Or, uh, we're, you know, we're, we're not going to be here, whatever it is. But Well, I've got old, a little older kids, so they were absolutely just astounded that they knew there was no way mom did it. They didn't, and yeah. dad didn't. There was no <laughs> way that we couldn't. Uh, and so they were just, it was very fun, little magical fun thing yeah, that you guys did. Yeah, so I was did. like, oh, that's cool. We should do that. Like, and still you feel connected to the community, even though you can't physically be connected. It was great. It's like, we're still here. We still see you. We still love you. We're just finding creative ways to still connect. Cause it's yeah, and, and it got us to do something as a family. Cause oh, yeah. We were out in the car. and we did the sanitizer and life and everything. And every, all the eggs were pre-packed. We mm-hmm. bought them December. Well, that's what you guys said. They're pre-packed, very reputable distributor. And those eggs are heavy duty. Trust yeah. me, I have, I have some janky eggs. Like, yeah. I have seen some cheap um, stuff, but those I, are nice. I forgot the name of the company. A Sunny Bunny Easter Eggs. Okay. And we got a referral to them a few years back because you can... It allows us to just throw the eggs out, and they don't open. It sounds like such a snotty, like, first-world thing to say, but they were, like, it was a nice mixture of toys and treats. The treats weren't, like, they were, like, name-brand stuff. It was, like, oh, this is, I, I kind of trust this. Even yeah. though I'm probably yeah. not as a hypochondriac as I probably should be as a responsible mother, but still, I was, like, this is nice. You guys went to a good vendor, and that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and they're really good, uh, the, like I said, quality. We, we did an Easter egg hunt for the dog. 
No, stop it. Yeah, go to my Facebook. What was it, peanut butter? Oh, so I we we, this. we go to my Facebook page. Okay. And we got a video, and we basically t- emptied about fifteen eggs and put dog treats inside of them. This is awesome. And we hit them around the backyard. Did he bite through the plastic egg? This seems so irresponsible. So that quality. Uh, the eggs are that quality <gasps> that she was able to bite them, hold them in her mouth, and like pressure them so much that they would pop I open. I believe it. They're actually really. And she didn't put holes in them. Because I bought her a brand new Frisbee for Easter, and the first bite she did, she tore a hole through it. Oh, gosh. But these eggs are so solid that she bit through them. And, and you just little treats in there? Yeah, we put dog treats in there for her. So. This is fantastic. So she had 15 eggs. There's a little video I made with edits and fun music, and Ayla's like, uh, she's filming it and running with the dog. Of course she is. I can and totally it's, see this. It's, it's hilarious because the dog eventually kind of picked up on it. It was like, hey. Egg that, that equals treat treats. Egg. Now, did this have negative ramifications for Easter Day and and any eggs that your, your no. daughters had to go find. No, we did this after after the. Oh, it was uh, after. The, okay, so you have a Easter. year to like brainwash the dog away yeah, from the eggs. Yeah. So <laughs> she she after we were done, we all came inside. She was like, "Why are we done?" <laughs> More please. Yeah, like she had any like toddler. a coma going on, and uh, it was just <laughs> this is the funniest thing because she as soon as she learned how to open them, she was like, "That's awesome." In we got the glow in the dark eggs, and oh. so my t- my four year olds. Totally mesmerized, so we hid the eggs. He found the eggs, and now, days after Easter, we are. He is still hiding the eggs, but then he goes and finds them. He demands <laughs> his sisters go, but he wants to find more than them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the he com- might make a really good politician. Come to think of it, the competition. Yeah. <laughs> give me the money. I'm going to give it back to you, but you have to pay it back to me, so I can spend it to help you give it back to me. You know. It's- Sounds like a broken system, but yeah, actually evil cu- genius the, at work. Yeah, that's really interesting. <laughs> See, this all starts in childhood. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'm going to help. I need you to help me help you by helping me. Yeah. Speaking of much. good intentions, so trying to do things, good intentions, mm-hmm. like that's sort of uh, where I was at with making these masks. Yeah, people. you've made a hundred and... hundred and ten. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I have... 47 I'm working on still at home right now. Uh, yes. Uh, it's been a, a lot of learning. Um, what needs to be made, best materials to use, uh, what's most comfortable, things like that. So, And it's sort of one of those things where I, I have to feel like I always have to put a disclaimer out there. I realize I am, this is not going to cure. This is not a replacement for the N95s. Uh, this is not the answer to all of our problems. Um, However, it can help a little. It's really more about protecting the rest of the world from you, which is another subject. Yes, yes. So that's the right. way you could, I'm glad you got, glad, got, glad I got there. Yeah. You got there. <laughs> the whole mask thing is it's not me protecting myself from the world, it's me protecting the world from me. For, I think it's a new social courtesy. That's yes. kind of the way I look at it. It's a new social courtesy. I don't believe I'm sick. I don't believe that by going to a store, I'm going to get anybody else sick. But me putting a mask on says that I value your health and safety and your mental well-being and knowing that I'm not going to get you sick and I'm doing all that I can to protect you, even if though I'm not carrying anything. It it hopefully makes the other person feel like I respect them enough that I'm I'm trying to keep anything I have to myself. Yeah, that's a good point. So I, I um, was born in Japan and then went mm. back during college and, and right. for a couple of years. It was, it's commonplace for everyone who's sick over there to wear a mask. So it was, yes. you just, it was normal. Yes, I traveled to Korea abroad with some students and um, similar over there. They actually uh, all wear, they all use umbrellas. And I remember our hosts being like, you must think we're so silly with our parasols. And I'm like, number one, no, they're adorable. Um, they're beautiful. Uh, I would love another accessory. I would love to have 
a whole bunch of parasols at home to match every outfit. Why not? I have purses and shoes to do the yeah, same thing. Yeah, so it's the new it's the new fashion thing. It's also smart. You're protecting yourself from UV rays. You're you're doing the responsible thing. That's we just such good sense. we want these tans <laughs> that are not healthy. I have skin cancer in my family. It's the responsible thing to do. So yes, that parasols, masks. Yeah. Yes, protecting there's, yourself. There's a guy named Lex Fridman, who is a MIT researcher and uh, so dumb as a brick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was on Joe Rogan's podcast recently and talking about, he has a movement called Mask for Everyone, uh, hashtag mask number four all. And his solution, his thing is, we he believes for a year that we all should have to wear masks going oh, forward. Now, he's it. not in the mandate thing. He's in his thing. moment now. Yeah, he's not for the mandate thing, but this is one of the research things he did to help try to figure out, okay, how do we stop the spread of this? How do we slow it? Nice. He's not so much for the lockdowns, but he said, hey, if everyone who was uh, out and about just put the mask on, he said, in the United States, we just got to get used to seeing people wear it. Mm-hmm. It's definitely become more commonplace over the last couple of weeks. And it's weird because there's, de- I think there's still right now this feeling of when you go to the store, if you're not wearing one and you see other people wearing it, it causes anxiety. And I'm really hoping that we get away from that anxiety-inducing moment to where, again, where it comes to that social change, a climate social change where we're saying, okay, you're not... You're not being a hypochondriac. You're not being overly cautious. You're not uh, thinking only of yourself. You're actually thinking about those around you and wearing the mask and trying to ensure the rest of us that you're doing all you can to be responsible. And it's yeah. just, it's going to be a social change. It is. It's different. It's definitely not something we're used to. Yeah, and that's an easier change than having to stay in your house for. Uh, oh my goodness. Weeks at yes. a time. I mean, for me, it's, it hasn't been so um, bad. <laughs> <laughs> well. Because I've been able to be out every day. Of course, I come to the office and I'm here by myself. Right. So I'm actually safer. <laughs> my family's safer because I'm here. Mentally, physically, yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> all, so. all but it gets lonely. It's like, uh, yeah. So it's like, and I'm supposed to be on the phone and making all the calls, and I have no excuse not to, except for the stress of the deals that we're dealing with. Absolutely. This week, I was like, oh, man, this week's a little easier. I'm getting on the phone more, more social media stuff. I was like, mm-hmm. we're gonna do a lot of podcasts this week, to try to get it out. And uh, well, yeah. I think people are. They're becoming more comfortable. Uh, for instance, working at the university, you know, we, we had, you know, students, faculty, staff alike who were a little nervous about moving to online platform. And so now we're having to do things, um, you know, completely by phone or through well, a lot of people using Zoom. We call, use a product called WebEx. Um, mm-hmm. Very nervous about that. And I just found myself saying over and over and over again as people were asking me to show them how to use it. I'm like, just use it twice. Once you've used it twice, you're going to love it. You're oh, going yeah. to wonder how you ever lived without it. Um, I think we're just going to see a whole lot of increase in confidence, um, and we're going to see a lot more courses, especially in higher education, that are going to move to an online platform, which maybe we should have been there before, yeah. but yeah. they're going to move there, and they should have been before, because yeah. people got to work. they got to work exactly. and take these classes. Yeah, and it makes it, I mean, in, for a couple of years, we've been taking like real estate classes online and, and MCE classes where you can take them online, mm-hmm. and then it's just a two-way Thing. Yeah, my doctorate was a hybrid, so we had uh, cohorts, and we would sit in groups of like eight or nine, and there were three of us that would, uh, again, it wasn't Zoom, but we would we would meet together, and we had an instructor, and so we were able to do projects, interact with a cohort, but I mean, there were really 30 of us in the group, but we were divided out, and it was wonderful, and we only met once a week for four hours, and the rest of it was done on our own, so it was a nice hybrid. Um, so I would prefer that to completely online, but it should be available for those that still have to support a family. Yeah, exactly. I remember, she's was thinking back... Uh, when I went, so I went to college in Okinawa, Japan. So I did two years at Del Mar here, mm-hmm. and then my parents moved um, to Japan, and then I stayed here for two years, and I decided to go visit, and I wound up staying because that's where I was born. 
Wow. And so I was like, I never thought I'd go back to visit. And then I was like, oh, I mean, I get a chance to live here. I worked at the golf course. I went scuba diving and then went to school at night. And that was really cool. I was like, but I took a couple of classes online. So I was taking 18 hours a semester. Yeah. Actually, I got to up to 24 because they did quarters. So while you're in Japan, let me get this right, you were taking the courses back from back here. In you're person uh-huh. at the University of, uh, it was University of Maryland. Okay. College Park on Kadena Air Base. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and that was the coolest thing because I had professors from UT, Cal Berkeley. How was your bandwidth? How was your, like. Oh, back then it was terrible. Right. So, so no, then, it's still a problem. Yeah. So what they did is they had professors go and do like three month tours mm-hmm. and semesters were a month and a half. So we did quarters. So it we have was, a lot of overseas students, and it's really hard for them to get that access to the yeah. internet consistently. We, we com- I complain. I, d- I freely complain about my house and our bandwidth right now, but over there it's horrendous. So yeah, so we, hats so, off to you. Oh, it is. Yeah, well, we did. Well, so the, most of the classes were in person. The mm. professors would go up there and live there for three months. Oh, cool. So there was three-hour classes, though. So I went to school oh. from four to ten every day. Is your attention span to three hours? No. I didn't think yeah. so. <laughs> Other than a play that your daughter's in, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's when she's off day. You're like, what? Uh, intermission. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so it's like an actual two and a half hours of class time, and then you have thirty minutes to get to your next class. And but I did take online classes from there using like AOL chat and this and was email. This was is like ninety nine. <gasps> so what it was a all, pioneer, it was all Joseph. Dang. <laughs> Dial up. <laughs> you can hear the dial up. Yeah. Yes. Well, you've got mail. <laughs> yeah. I remember I was like, oh my god, these guys got a T one line. Holy cow. <laughs> Takes me back. Yeah, <laughs> there's a Tanya moment. Yeah, it takes fu- me back. <laughs> <laughs> you ever, you ever find yourself breaking out in character? Hundred percent. Oh my gosh, no. Uh, anytime a, uh, an ABBA song comes on, or <laughs> or Mamma Mia, anything, oh, people yeah. still to this day, and I love it. I love it that they'll be like, Oh my gosh, come over and sing this. Yeah. And I'll sort of mumble in the background because really everybody else wants to sing, which is great. <laughs> um, I don't do karaoke. <laughs> Uh, not not at all. Oh, I gotta change that. No, 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 no. You you and my husband can can try till the cows come home. He he really is. But no, I don't I don't do care. I f- I feel like I force this poor community to listen to me sing enough. <laughs> they can entertain so they haven't me got you to when I go yet? out. When I go to karaoke, I'm there to be entertained by others. No, that's true. <laughs> I don't a lot of talent. Either, so. Do what? I don't karaoke either. So. <gasps> okay, well there you go. Yeah. You understand. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's it's more fun to sing from the chair. <laughs> Let's be real. We, we get enough singing in our living rooms to Disney oh, Plus Jesus. now. <laughs> yeah. So, so like, I, I kind of adopt characters from whatever play the girls are in. I knew it. Oh, please. And so please. we... Uh, I want to hear this. Well, so in the midst of... Uh, was it Peter Pan? Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yeah. Uh, one of the actors that played Hook... Just uh-huh. was really is a phenomenal actor in yeah. a unique style though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he would know a certain amount of parts, and then every time he like forgot a line, Larry and this is like yeah. yeah. And during rehearsals, he's in part just he's like ah, I gotta, you know. Oh yes. Whatever the pirate thing is doing. Yeah, Larry would go into his pirate voice. Yes. I'm gonna get me into a trick now. <laughs> and, and then he would be like line. <laughs> Line and character. Oh. Yeah, so he would say line and character. It's good because you're not supposed to write character in yeah, you. Yeah, and he was, was they like, treat you that. That's odd. And then he would get, like, corrections in character. <laughs> like, that's so awesome. That, yes. He, he's so fantastic. So, at home, yes. we would, I would go to, I would go, okay. Where's my bloody line? Like, I'd be like, oh, what's for dinner? Wine. <laughs> <laughs> that's 
So that kind of became a call at our house. We'd all ask, me and Oak would ask for wine and Hook's voice. That's awesome. And uh, and then the the one that always stuck with me from that was uh, was Peter Pan at the end. Jane. <laughs> And that, that part was just like, we still do that. <laughs> so, All right, can I tell a joke? Yeah. All right, so what is what is a pirate's favorite letter in the alphabet? I would say R. You think it be the R, but it be the C. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, I've got a whole lot of, of I'm sorry, but bad dad jokes. <laughs> oh, that's one of my favorite really things to punny. watch on YouTube. Uh, have you ever seen like Will Ferrell? Uh, there was the movie Grown Ups or uh, the, oh, the yes. stepdad one. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. Stepdads, yeah. yeah. One was, and two, yeah. Yeah, him and Mark, was it Mark? Mark Wahlberg, yes. Him, him and Mark Wahlberg do uh, bad dad jokes. Yes, they have they to do, do the not laugh thing. Oh, my goodness, so good. Oh, yes, yeah. I think Will Ferrell was kind of like took the place of Jim Carrey. We were talking about him earlier. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. once Jim kind of stepped to the side, we got Will. And, boy, has he given us a lot of great things, including Elf, which I think we're, you know, fingers crossed that still happens. I hope Elf happens. I hope it happens, too. But... If it does, if that's okay too. So every year the Harbor Playhouse typically does um, Christmas Carol. Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. And this year they decided to do, do Elf. Yeah. Controversial decision. It was. It was quite the <laughs> controversial decision. It was not uh, the night before Christmas. It was not. Uh, <laughs> uh, there were some feels. <laughs> People feeling away. I think about that. But um, I think but, at the end of the day, though, it's probably a really good one because mm-hmm. this. Production of Christmas Carol. Oh, you're putting yourself out there now. This is a moment. Go ahead, Joseph. No. What you gonna say? Yeah. Well, so this production <laughs> of Christmas Carol was really good because I think people like embraced it more. Mm. Like, we're not gonna get this release another year. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I, I get. And Diana Van Horn, she had a great vision. She had a great vision. Yeah. So yeah. Oh uh, yeah, and you choreographed the. Yes, I had the I had the uh, awesome awesome chance to choreograph it. It was amazing. And that was uh, in, in the um, scene, the party scene. Oh, Fezziwigs. Fezziwigs, yeah. Fezziwigs, yes. 60 people on stage where yes. we, had put, then we had built that false proscenium, and uh, I lost like eight feet on yes. stage. And then, and then like a um, third of them were kids. Yes, a lot of children. Yes, dancing together. The feel of that was really good. Good. Well, the music changes so much. Yes. There's like 20 different kinds of music in that eight minutes of dancing. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's easy to kind of feel the tone and, and make something Josh different in, happen. Uh, it got Josh in shape, and it probably got Josh in shape, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Josh was such a great busy with him he and Stephanie. I the love hair. how him and Stephanie, you know, playing the Cratchits, you know, over the past couple of years and then getting to see them as the Fezziwigs was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was so fun. He and won an award for that. I'm sure he'll yeah. remind anybody. <laughs> <laughs> he carries it around his neck. <laughs> throws it in Peter's face any chance. <laughs> but no, that was a that was a so so what we'll see. We'll see what happens with yeah, Elf and Elf how funding is, goes. We'll be interesting because it's based off the movie. Yes. And and Wolf it's so I I gotta imagine it's so hard to find someone that's gonna play that character that's not gonna be compared to Wolf. Oh, Harry. it's gonna be very hard. And that's a that's a absolutely that's a hard thing to equal up to. Have you seen the the uh, Elf trailer oh. uh, where it's gone dark? Okay, I'll no, show that to you. No, no, no. Okay, I have to see yeah, this. Yeah, it's Elf the Thriller trailer. Oh no! Not not Thriller the song. Oh, oh. But like if Elf was like a si- like a thriller movie. <gasps> this sounds it's creepy. fantastic. Yeah, it's really you spend too much time on uh, on YouTube. I just want you to know that. <laughs> I do. Let's I, I, uh... just put that out there. No, but it will be hard to find somebody who can fill those Elf shoes. It really will. Um, but, but a lot of fun show-stopping numbers. Um, oh, really? Good yeah, feel, good feel. It's got a very showy feel to it. Yeah, the musical I mean, can't be right on par with the movie. Because I remember nah. one of the first things I took the kids to was to go see Shrek. And that was 
just phenomenal because it's, it's like the movie yes. but not like the movie. I forget that when I'm nodding my head, they can't see that. <laughs> but <laughs> yes, I agree with I you. I agree with you, sir. <laughs> it's tired of us. <laughs> no, but yeah, Shrek the Musical, so good. Donkey. Really, really fun. Yeah. It's well, the same story, it? different feel. Yeah, the donkey in that was... Uh, uh, oh, um, the guy Eddie Murphy. Can... Yes, but in the movie. In the movie, yeah. In the play. Oh, I didn't know that was before I moved to Corpus Christi. Oh, okay. That was, oh, that man, was you yes, that was you gotta get a video before Alex, yeah. The guy was a heck of a dancer. Um, and it was just phenomenal. It took the girls to that, and I think that was the one of the moments where they kind of fell in love with the theater. Because, we you know, Ayla's always been the ballerina. Oh, yeah. And we kind of knew that from age two. Well, she's like, a prodigy. Yeah, she's something. Good luck to you. Good luck to you with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's a hard worker. This, this, Absolutely. This thing's been a little bit... Um, Interesting. She taking a lot of online classes right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's because I love how so many amazing artists are offering online courses right now. Yes, it's yeah. exposing all of us to the arts in a new way, and I love how they're a lot of them are freely giving that as much as they can. Right. So she, you know, she typically like this is kind of what's made our normal world uh, odd for our family. Like I'm still working. Uh, social limiting is the best I can. Yeah, yeah. Lots of Lysol and hand sanitizer. Love that Lysol. Uh, yeah. That's eleven like percent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so and so we we kind of get. Uh, I usually get home a normal day about six, and then the kids are going to their things, mm. and then we all come back together come about back together. nine. <laughs> so I had a lot of I'm a lot of late night work hours. Mm. That's how we started the podcast, and I was like. Oh, it's not happening anymore because I'm like, I kind of feel guilty. Like, they're home. I need to get home. Yeah, you so feel that, like you need to be the there because they're stuck us. there. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, they're not doing classes. Well, about a week of Ayla not doing classes, she needed the break. Oh, yeah. Well, she'd had a lot of competitions and yeah, getting of, ready for summer workshops yeah. and whatnot. supposed to be in New York. Just getting back, actually, yesterday. What did we got yes, back? Yes, um, I remember. And so... Uh, we found classes and a lot of people like emailed her and say, Hey, I want you to look at this class, this class from different cities. Local studios got a couple of classes. And then these big city uh, studios, Dallas, big city. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I mean, you ain't wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. She came from town. <laughs> <laughs> she came from south. We love our southern girls. Yeah. Um, so so Houston, the big city. Yeah, Houston, our Dallas, New York. And a lot of professional dancers are doing things mm-hmm. on Instagram, and like uh, there's a girl named Tyler Peck, and Ayla and her message on Instagram, oh, and it was the best thing wonderful. ever. Oh, I and bet that absolutely like, made her world. Yeah, I've never seen her smile. Well, there's two sides of the coin, right? So these are professionals. They're professional dancers. They're professional performers. So there's a there's a point where, as an artist, you you can't be you know giving away what you do for free. I mean, you can't. Right. Uh, it is what you do. It's your it's your bread and butter. But at the same time doing what you can for the community and you got to pitch it and do what you can so um so yeah that's that's like like sewing what can i do i can make masks what can other people do Do like yeah like i can do plumbing that's going to really help somebody out right now that's lost their job you know and that's happening everywhere yeah that's such an interesting thing Mm -hmm. And, and so like for these artists and the singers and all these that do like the living room concerts becoming a thing. Yeah, living room concerts, those are great. Yeah, we're seeing like a lot of people from the Playhouse singing uh, songs, doing their best favorite numbers. Oh yeah, Aurora Theater. They're, they've been doing a, you know regular um, things for the community, workshops on, on vocals and, um, and different aspects of the arts to help people prepare for when we all come together again. Yeah. It's wonderful to see artists giving freely to yeah, I artists. I think there's a lot of um, uh, tribes being made right now. Have you ever oh. the Seth Godin book Tribes? 
Yes. Yeah. yeah. <gasps> Ooh. So I just but for of, our listeners, explain. Yes, yes. So, so, <laughs> <laughs> so Seth Godin made, wrote this book. He, if you've never heard of Seth Godin, he wrote Purple Cow. Uh, all these great, he's one of the marketing geniuses. Not what you think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not a children's book. Yeah. <laughs> the purple cow. <laughs> the yellow duck. I saw a brown bear. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, brown bear. <laughs> so he wrote this book, and one of the books he wrote, uh, Jesus, this must have been Rory, Rock, Rory McElroy that won the PGA Championship. So 2000, I, I used my time. Matt, by where you lived? No, by by who won what major championship, what year? Oh involved. my goodness. Uh, <laughs> Judging I think you. it was 2012 you. <laughs> uh, when I read the book or 2012. but the book is called Tribes and basically it's about it was kind of ahead of its time because it was like hey we're gonna you're gonna build these little tribes of it was kind of talking about podcasts in some degree in mm. the web where you're no longer gonna have like you don't need a million listeners to be successful you need a hundred good ones oh that's very true and that's so you true. have your little tribe so you get a you know if you have a thousand people who are, are on your, got your back, mm -hmm. that's your tribe. So that's kind of how we run our business. It's like we have about four or 500 people who are advocates for our business in real estate. I don't need to advertise to the entire community and do all these showy things where I'm trying to like, Though you know, you do. I'm doing, the, uh, I, I, we do, but. You're a little showy. Yeah, we gotta be a little showy. But you know, we're not we're not doing stuff for the community no, just no, to no, get no. good press. No, 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 not at all. So it's like. Uh, and people can tell if that's your heart. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, so. It's like, uh, you know, I see all these, uh, I'm not going to throw people under the bus, but you see all these people like, oh, we did such a great thing and we dropped all this stuff off for yes, or so and so. And then, true. then they put them, they post it themselves mm -hmm. versus letting the other people post it for them. It's so and that's, true. And that's a huge difference. Like, huge difference. You know, we, I, I've, I have several clients who are ER doctors and I'm like, I'm calling them, what do you need from us? What can we do to help you? What can I do? And mm -hmm. if I do something good for them, it's not. I'm not going to post it. I want them to post it and say, mm -hmm. check out what this guy did. We didn't post Jack about the Easter egg hunt, but we had oh. 10 people post stuff about it. I couldn't it. wait to post. I couldn't wait to post and, and like, tag yeah. both in it. Oh, I was, yes. Yeah, so it's like, uh, so Seth Godin says you work on your tribe and build yes. that, that tribe and you're the leader of it and you set the tone for it. And that's the beautiful thing about like podcasts and YouTube. If you want to learn how to sew Jedi you know, a quilts or something <laughs> for Star Wars. You can there, learn. There is a culture out there for that. Absolutely there is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Comic-Con, cosplay, uh, all of yes. that. Yes. But yes, no, I, but it's, it, people I think can, it's not just the, the tribe that you lead, it's all the tribe that you decide to join mm -hmm. and be associated with because you can't be the leader of all the tribes. No, exactly. Uh, but the different parts of your life, because none of us is one dimensional, mm -hmm. you're, you're gonna decide which tribe to join in the other part of your life, and that's reflective of who you are. Yes, and that's like the Harbor Playhouse for us became, oh, a, huge, yeah, absolutely. became a huge tribe. Uh, some of my wife's best friends are theater people. Which Man, you see each other at your best and your worst when you're in a show. <laughs> yes, yeah, and we're behind stage typically for the show, so we get the backside views of people. And so, you know. Literally, that's a great way to put it, the backside view. You really do. Sometimes the view's better than others. <laughs> but art is supposed to be reflective of life, and that's what we put on that stage, and yeah. that's what's behind it too. So the, the funny thing, that I discovered from hanging out with theater people is the, okay because like you think about actors and actresses the the famous ones yes they they're kind of hard to take serious sometimes because you don't know if it's like you're that good an actor are you being you right now or are you just being a character yeah when they become a household name they become more yeah. of a brand yeah than a person yeah that's then you rough. got the guys like Matthew McConaughey you just think okay that guy's real you but is but is, is he, he or do we just really want, want him, him to be oh yeah it was, uh, do you we just 
really want him you to be You want him to go, all right, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> and you know he doesn't want to. He's like, hey, how's it going? It's so do true. It, do it. All right. I all right. Love That's that. why he says it. All right. So we talked about Will Ferrell already, but I'll bring it back to him. So when you see him on, on one of his earlier shows when he was first bringing up Speed, I remember him, I saw him on three consecutive shows. Speed. I think I think he was on Regis and Kelly, and he was on Oprah, and there was another one. But all three of them, he said, you guys are just sitting here waiting for me to be funny. Like, I need you to understand I'm not funny. The writers are funny. And that was interesting because that was right after all the, the writers went on strike. You know? Oh, jeez. So, yeah. Even so, though he is, he's learned to be funny. Yeah, he, I think he's found his niche. <laughs> yes. But I will say that Wolfo reminds me of Woody Allen. Oh, yeah, I can it, see that. He's a comedian that you, I have to adjust my taste to. If I'm going to watch a Woody Allen movie, I, I have to watch probably 10 to 15 minutes, and then I find him funny. Yeah. i got to get into a sense of humor. Will Ferrell, I never liked his movies the first time. Mm. I I watch him because well why not, and the second time because my husband likes Will Ferrell. By the third time I'm rolling, I'm dying, and I'm quoting it. So, but but it, it's one of those things. It doesn't come natural, but that's okay because good for him. He found a way to make comedy, so I have to watch it three times. Yeah, <laughs> toast to him. And now I watch him run down the street naked. Oh, uh, surely will. And he has a line that's an infamy. We're all going streaking. He really does have a line. So. What I found is hanging out with theater people oh, yes. here is that the, they're more real than the people I know outside Ooh. of theater. The people that learn how to play a part are so comfortable with themselves on some level because mm-hmm. they have to play all these different parts that in playing all these different parts, farts. <laughs> playing all these fantastic different articulation. <laughs> <laughs> riveting. Yes, riveting. <laughs> so in, in playing all these different Characters. Yes. Put the right <laughs> emphasis on the right syllable. Syllable. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Myers, sorry. We have to, we're talking about comedians. Let's throw yeah, Mike Myers so, out there. So it reminds me of a thing my friend used to say in high school. He says, I'm sorry, Ossifer, I'm not drunk. I'm from Abilama. <laughs> uh, I'm going to think as you drunk I am. Yeah, it's all, all good heritage. Uh, no, but uh, interacting yeah. with theater people, more genuine. Yeah, so I think I've, I've learned that the, the more characters people play, yeah. they find a, a little piece of themselves that's exposed while playing that character, and they get more comfortable with parts of who they are mm-hmm. in the cover of the character. And they discover, yeah. like, it's like, you know, like uh, like Shrek says, it, oh, like a donkey, it's like, it's, I'm like an onion, man, and just keep peeling the layers. Yes. And you kind of think- Or a parfait, who doesn't like a parfait? <laughs> who doesn't like a parfait? <laughs> What's a truffle, a trifle? A trifle, a tr- yeah, a trifle, an English trifle, oh, well done. Yeah, what do you, you know yes. how I know that. No. From friends. Oh my goodness! Remember when 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 Rachel wants to make a dessert for Thanksgiving? And she oh and man, she gets the two recipes. She gets the two recipes together, and Joey's like, "This is awesome! It's like the whole dinner in a bowl." Oh gosh, that's right. Bless yeah. Joey. We should all cook for someone like Joey. I say there's two schools of thought here, um, as far as. Uh, so you've got, say, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Uh, he's played some really amazing parts, like um, in The Aviator, uh, where. He fr- or um, Catch Me If You Can, where oh, he portrayed great. real people, um, true stories. And so he, uh, I know when he played um, Catch Me If You Can, he actually went and, and spoke to um, Abernathy. Oh, gosh. Something Abernathy. I can't remember his first name. Well, anyway, he went and actually spent two weeks with the actual man, trying to pick up on his mannerisms, mm. trying all of his little 
uh, all the little things that would make his portrayal more genuine. Uh, and doing Howard Hughes in The Aviator, he did all, lots, oh, of research, lots of research, months yeah. of research, and talking to people that actually knew him. Uh, which is one school of thought, trying to find that genuineness in him as an actor, immersing himself in creating that. Then you've got, um, uh, oh gosh, Mamma Mia played the lead, Donna. Uh, well, anyway. Meryl Streep. Thank you. I don't know why that one was escaping me. I'm sorry, Meryl. I'm sorry if you ever, <laughs> ever, I apologize. Meryl Streep says, um, as an actor, you, you don't look at a character and try to force yourself into that part. You listen to the character, you read the character, you do everything you can to understand that character, and then you bring them to you, and you mm -hmm. find how you yourself can embody who they are. And maybe that's where some of the typecasting comes. It's not necessarily them being offered those parts, it's them taking those parts. Mm-hmm. And it's, But you it's, have to have, a, like you said, there has to be a certain amount of amazing acute awareness of self. Yes. To be able to abandon yourself and become somebody else for a while, right? And then step back into it. It's exhausting. Yeah, that's. that's I think comedians are amazing at that. Mm. Like Jim Gaffigan. Oh. Is just a hell of an actor. I'm sorry, I like him. I really yeah, do enjoy him. He's a great comedian. Uh, an interesting actor, but he, he's played some. He's played <laughs> some parts. actor. Though. Yes. Robin Williams was one of the best. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, let's take a moment for him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He is missed. Yeah, he is. Uh, that's that's. But yes. So what? So brings me back to like I think you can playing all these different parts. You can kind of find parts pieces of yourself. Mm -hmm. Yes. But I wonder if you get to a certain level that you have to the the media or the fans start to think you're a certain way. And you yes, I've that. worried about that myself. Uh, well, I can remember in Mamma Mia playing Tanya, and um, we were going a certain direction with her uh, while we were doing the stage work, and. It got to this point um, where Don Luna had to come up to me during a rehearsal, take me aside, and go, I don't like her. I don't like who she's become. People <laughs> have to like Tanya. And I said, you know what? I don't like myself as her. I, I don't enjoy her. I don't know where where this happened or how it happened, but I don't like her. He said, we got to bring her back. And so mm. stepping back and just realizing that you can't lose yourself, and, but, but you can come right back again. So and how, reinvent, how, but being supported to do how that. How do you get into a character? Oh, gosh, that's a layered question, isn't it? How do you get into a character? Oh, well, I tend to go more towards Meryl Streep. So um, <laughs> my children are, are the best because I'll sit out on my back porch and I'll just run lines. And Gypsy, I was I was running uh, lines outside. And I remember my daughter just looking at me. And she, my my uh, I have a 10-year-old, Tori. She, she's very honest with me. And she <laughs> said, Mom, you're too aggressive. Mom, you're too angry. Uh, Mom, you're you're too stupid. Like she'll she'll actually listen no, to me say lines. Intuitive. She's very intuitive. She wants to be a director really bad. Yeah. Uh, but I told her you have to act. You're ten. <laughs> you yeah. gotta have to do a well, lot of acting. Josh is the same way. Like she memorizes everyone's oh. lines. Oh, Josh will be an amazing stage manager, and it's an amazing job. It's yeah, hard. she's very creative, but very mm -hmm. technical and, and, and rigid. I can see Josh right now coming up to me and being like, Alex, you were five minutes late. Mm -hmm. I mean, we yeah. love you, but that's disrespectful to the whole crew and staff. Oh, so if you could not do that, follower. you know what I mean? I can see Joss totally doing that. Yeah, um, she likes to be in control too. Uh, so, because yeah, I was thinking, when Ayla said Ayla's first role ever acting, the only mm -hmm. role she's ever had. She's had a lot of ballet roles, and ballet roles are all dancing. Yes, in movement. Face. Mm -hmm. And when she expressive, was, and she got to be Clara last year, but she did Baby June first, mm -hmm. and. We did not know what to expect. 
From Gypsy? From her? What do you mean? From her. From her. Okay. We knew she could do the dancing part. We half expected her to be able to do the singing part. Okay. What, what I wasn't sure was how she's going to do the acting part. And, and Gypsy is deep. Yeah. That is a deep musical. It's, it's not and, a fun ride. And, and her character is <laughs> kind of like right. this weird little kid that's kind of like older than she's, she For, plays younger forced than. Forced to be younger while aging. Yes. Almost and, like Interview with a Vampire, mm. where the little girl becomes like, you know, 50, and she's stuck in a 10-year-old's body. <laughs> but I've never seen that. <gasps> never seen Interview with a no, Vampire? I gotta go see it. Done. Date night. Oakley, hope you're hearing this. Yeah. No, but uh, Claire Danes, with, I think she was 12 when she did the role, and she had to portray a 40, 50-year-old woman stuck wow. in a 10, 12-year-old's body. But no, that's that was baby June, continuing to grow up in age, yeah. but forced into a younger and persona. And what Ava eventually said is that she just pictured what the, she thought the character would be. That she, you know, she, as she read the line, she kind of learned. Okay, this is what Claire I think. Danes was incorrect. I'm going to. I'm sorry if that was incorrect. She was not in an interview with a vampire. I'll fix that later. Continue. <laughs> we'll find out who it was. Uh, so she was like, but she says the moment I put that wig on, I was no longer Ayla. I was Baby June. Good for her. Oh my gosh! Can I tell you how many pins she made us put into that wig? Oh, a ton. <gasps> like 30, 40. I, I've I've put a lot of wigs on people. Your daughter was having none of that wig coming off that head. No, that she's wig like, was I have part of her cart- sculpt by the time we were done with it. I have to do a cartwheel, and it's not flying. It's off my not head. coming, and it was not coming mm-hmm. off, my friend. I remember your wife was gone for one weekend, and uh, and she was wonderful about talking to us other moms and making sure that that wig was taken care of and anything else and of course she was our baby june we were not gonna let anything happen to her and she was going to just have everything she needed plus and i think she did but i just remember her just like more pins more pins more pins pins." yeah she's (laughs) a fierce little girl when she has to be i could not have been comfortable in her scalp it just couldn't no probably not but she said my shoes are my shoes hurt too but i have to use them to dance and Mm -hmm. she says i deal with the pain because i love to dance is what she tells us you know you'd have to to do toe shoes. Yeah. That is an amazing amount of pain. Yeah, it's it's really hurts. Uh, if you've ever seen Center Stage, there's a moment where she takes her shoes off and you can see her feet just bloody and scarred and calloused. And it's just, I remember my, both my daughters cringing. And I was like, you keep saying that's what you want. I'm here to tell you, it's going to look like that. Yeah. Yeah, you're not going to have pretty feet if you're No. Dancing. It yeah. looks amazing. But... I was like, I told her one day that she didn't quite get it. I was like, just make sure you don't marry a guy with a fetish of uh, foot fetish. <laughs> Like, she doesn't know what that means now, like, but up? those are sage words. I hope she comes back to one day. Well, even if she doesn't come back, it, it gonna come out. Yeah, it's it gonna come out. Feet, are you? Bless. It's like, yeah. I remember I used to wear. They had the wonderful saying. What was it? Don't dress for the job that you have. Dress for the job that you want. And so in my twenties, I, I wore heels and nice dresses every day. And I can remember I had four women within like as many months. Uh, older women, like you know, seventies, eighties, telling me. Don't wear heels. I have bunions. And I thought, well, this is a sign from God. <laughs> I really should probably heed yeah. the knowledge of this generation yeah. and not wear these anymore. No more no stilettos. you got to get the wedge. I've already done toe shoes for 10 years, so this is not going to end well for me. <laughs> so, yeah. Screw my toes. Exactly right. But so, she lives in Corpus Christi, so your daughter can wear flip-flops every other day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she does. And uh, tennis shoes. Make sure she has really good shoes to protect her feet. But yeah, she said she would just get in character, and we'd see her head move. Her eyes were different. Like it's just like, and I, 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 it's an interesting thing that I think maybe people, the average person, could probably use some of that skill. Yeah. To not necessarily become a no different person, 
but to be a better part of themselves mm-hmm. to say what it, Tony Robbins does this thing is like if you know it's it's all about physiology for him mm-hmm. you know stand up straight if you were confident how would you stand if you were sure of yourself how would you how would you talk if you were in control of things how would you breathe if you were this what would you be like at that moment what does that person look like and he's you know, he said round your shoulders what do you feel like put your shoulders back stand up tall what do mm-hmm. you feel like and you can mm-hmm. get yourself to feel a certain way just That's by being true. throw. I, mean, I throw a suit on. I'm like, damn. You know, it's like this feels like, yeah, I, I can I can do more things like this, depending on, on the clothes you wear. And I hope I'm not feel. overstepping here, but yeah, when I went into Corpus Christi, I was about 30 pounds heavier. I was I was not very healthy. Now, mind you, I'd been working on a master's degree, straight into a doctorate degree. So it'd been many years of school, young children. Um, so. Other areas of my life had to give. Something always has yeah, to give. It, um, so when I uh, was ready to defend my dissertation, things were done. I was done. I was ready to defend. Um, that's when I tried out for Christmas Carol for Harbor. And then I went straight into Mamma Mia. And I remember um, we went to... Texas that was your second play? That was only my second play. No. Yeah, no. And it was... and But we went off... We were at Texas a Corpus Christi campus for all of the stage rehearsals. So nobody at Harbor saw me for about three months. And then I came back and we started to set things on the stage and um, I had a good friend come up to me and just be like, did you go on like a really crazy strict diet to, for this part? And I never thought about it. And I kind of went, no, I just took time for me and I cared about me and I made myself a priority. I'm, I'm dancing every night and enjoying life. So part of that is just but when I would come home from work, I would go in and get dressed for rehearsal. Now, you'll see some people, and I'm sure you've kind of seen this in the business world, that show up in their pajamas. Well, you know what I mean? Like, they, they don't come as their best self forward. Yes, yeah. No, so I had a friend, I showed up in a suit one day, and she goes, now you look like a broker. I'm like, mm, mm. <laughs> I was like, thanks. I mean, okay, so there's a mindset of whole, the whole idea of mindset back in the 90s and 80s of you can't show tattoos and all this stuff. Like, I'm not an extremist to that, to yeah. that side. But you know when somebody walks in a room, if they're prepared, mm-hmm. if they have put time and thought into their preparation to be there, or if this was a side thought to them. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. It, and you show some of that as to your clients. Uh, uh, right now, mm-hmm. the, you know, I saw one of the memes that said, hey, what this has proved is all these different things. And one of them is that half the world can work from home. Bull crap mm. half the mm. world is preach, at home preach, go. half the world is at home working in quotes mm-hmm. half the home is just half the world is at home trying to work from home in a terrible productivity is just absolutely from oh, terrible right now it's gonna it's gonna suffer a little now we got to allow for a curb and an adjustment oh, right. period yeah. if you will anytime you introduce new technology to a company there's going to be a time of adjustment and we have to accept that yeah. and this was a serious time of multiple platform adjustment. adjustment. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's going to be a time. We've had that two to three weeks, though. Yeah. People should be. Okay, so for instance, the college that I work under, we had we were meeting twice a week to determine if there were holes, problems, things that we needed to be addressing. Our meeting yesterday, we kind of looked at each other and we went through everybody around the table. How you doing? And we all went, great, good, business as usual. Things are great. Exactly what I, or, you know, issues, but exactly what I'd expect this time of year. Mm-hmm. And we went, great, let's move to one meeting a week. I mean, that it should be, you should be seeing that curve at this point. Yes, yeah, at this point. I think. And one of the best things that people can do if they work from home is get up, have a routine, get mm-hmm. showered, routine. get dressed. It's about it, and it's about getting a, Now, yeah. I understand there's 
there are people out there, routine's not good for them. People with aut- autism, it's very hard to get them on oh, a routine. Yeah. At the same time, it's very good for them to be on a routine. My sister is an ADA therapist. Um, so finding your routine is going to look different for everybody. Right. And it's your routine, whatever it is. But at, at the end of the day, it's like if you're, this is what they tell, because real, real estate, 80 to 90% of realtors work from home. It's a, we're, we've been home. Well, you're work. selling homes. So yes. I hope you yeah. like your home. <laughs> <laughs> but the ones that succeed from home are the ones that treat it like a work day. Mm, yes. And the ones that don't are the ones that are like, oh, okay, I'm going to do laundry. I'm gonna, and I get it. I cannot work from it's home. It's distracting. I, I have a hard time. I went home today at 11 uh, after an appointment to help because my wife needed to go do something. And the first thing I went straight into was like, dishes. I was like, right? I started cleaning up. Oh, domestic responsibilities. Up. They right. never end, though. That's the thing. They never yeah. end. And you can become a slave to it if you let yourself. Right. Well, and, and I realize that that takes a lot of discipline, too. It does. A, an, an hour to an hour understanding from spouses and everyone else in that household that this ain't going to happen right now because the work got to get done first. Yeah. Or somebody else has got to step in. Yeah. That's that's the big one. It's a... It's a uh, you want clean underwear? There's the clean pile. That's about where we're at <laughs> this week until other people pitch in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's stuff for the kids trying to get them to, to pitch in too, and that's a that's a whole other discussion. But how character building is that? Uh, a whole other discussion, as you say. Yes, but which, very character building. Which uh, we're about to hit an hour. <gasps> what? Yeah. So I flew by. Yeah. So uh, let's uh, wrap this episode up. And if All you right. got time, stick around for a second one. Absolutely. We can, we can do a second let's one. Let's do that. Hey, guys, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, um, so part one with Alex oh, Shaw. And the Joseph Cortez of Create. We appreciate you joining us, you guys. All right, thanks. We will catch you on the next episode.